What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, want to welcome you to another edition of your new favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman Podcast, the new home for black brilliance. I'm your host, Charles Coleman. Super excited about today's show. Got a lot to talk about, a good one lined up for you. I got some good stuff that we're going to be discussing, so make sure you stay tuned. But before we get into that, do yourself a favor, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you have streamed us, you have shared us, you have registered, and you have subscribed. You will find the Charles Coleman Podcast wherever podcasts are heard. We're on Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, Apple, Google, all of the above. That's where you can find us. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, the Charles Coleman Podcast, your new home for black brilliance. Super excited about our show today. We're running the triangle offense again. It's just, it's just, it's so good. It works so well. You gotta run the triangle offense. And I got two of the members of the dream team here with me to run it and make it work. To my left is Mr. Style and Performance himself. You know him, you love him. It is DJ CEO in the building. What's going on, bro? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm I'm good. You are looking like somebody's rich uncle right now. I, I, you know what I'm saying? I'm with it. I'm I mean, with I'm with the look. You got the, the Lafayette and Grands on the feet. You know what I'm saying? Cross that leg, brother. Take it easy. Motion. Take it easy. Take it easy. I love it. I Pinky lo- ringing champagne in oh, your house. Champagne and campaigning out here. I love it. I love it. Good to have you on the couch, bro. Good to be here, brother. Also joining me on the couch, one of the favorites of the dream team. You know her. You love her. She's the leader of the Blue Notes. She's the boss at 593 Washington, the professional winner, Glory Sherubin's in the building. What up, what up, what up, what up? What up, what up, what up? How you doing? I'm good, I'm good. I can't complain. I'm all right. You got a lot of... A lot, of, a lot of shoulder a lot action of going on today. happening today. A lot of zhuzh. A lot of zhuzh <laughs> on the couch. A lot of zhuzh. Is that a Haitian word? No, I don't know where that's from. I had an ex-girlfriend it's, it's who was feeling. Haitian. She used to say that a lot. Oh, yeah? yeah? A lot of zhuzh. I don't know that that's Haitian. I was like, I don't think we can own it. No? no. Okay, well. So I was thinking about um, you, CEO. Mm-hmm. I had this story that happened, and I'm glad G's here because she can verify because she was there. Have you ever been in a space where you felt like the honor of black men was like literally hanging on your shoulders and you had to take it upon yourself to do something exceptional? If not, black men was going to be trash. I'll give you an example of what I meant. Okay. It's a true story. I'm in the lounge. All right. Mm -hmm. It's like five women that are there that come. First of all, people think that I, you know what I'm saying, added... G to the dream team and asked 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 G to be a part of the dream team because she's like smart and gives great insights. No, I added her because do you know how much work this woman owes me from being <laughs> in her lounge and her pimping me out to her patrons? Like Charles, introduce yourself. Hey. G owes me so much work. I was like, you know what? I'm put your ass to work. You will get on this couch. We gonna talk some. No, so anyway, reciprocation. Right. So I'm in the lounge and it's five five black women who are there celebrating something, like likely a birthday, and they're there, and they're getting drinks. One of them is with a dude, and he's off to the side with the chick he's with, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, you know, it's me, G, and we just playing, and, and, and I think Kurt was there. Kurt was there as well. We mm-hmm. just playing phase 10, which I hate, because G always finds a way to cheat. G always finds a way to cheat. And it's getting toward the end of the night, and G comes over, she gets up, she comes over and she's like, she says something to the effect about like, yo, I can't believe this dude is just cheap. Mm. So she was talking to the dude and she was like, oh, so he was, he was about to leave. 
So she was closing his tab out. And the dude was like, yeah, um, I'm paying for me. <laughs> right. He was like, I'm paying for me. And she was like, wait, you, like you and your date? Like, not even a whole group. Like, you on your day, he was like, nah. Yep, I, that I, was it. My man was like, no, just me. He's <laughs> like, me. just me. So at this point... He probably figured out he wasn't getting no buns that night. That's what happened. But proceed. That's even yeah. worse, though. You <laughs> look not, like I'm a not suck, justifying suck it. I'm just explaining. <laughs> so I felt like at that point, I was like, ah, oh, these chicks came out. Right, 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 right. Celebrate. And this dude is a cheapskate. Like, I felt like I had to uphold the honor of black men in that moment. I was like... Right, G, just, just, you know, put, put, put it on my tab. And G was like, everything. I looked over and I was yeah. like, well, just the drinks. Put it <laughs> just the drinks because they were smoking cigars and doing yeah, some. Right, right. Well, I just felt like, like, what? Have you ever had something like that? Man? Okay, it's funny you put it into that context because that's not what I was thinking. Okay, and it's funny because G was present. I was at the lounge last night. Okay, and it, I was only there to drop off my wife and her friends because they were having ladies' night. Got you. I'm at the bar. I let them have their conversation. And I said, yo, G, did they pay? Because I didn't know how they were more. I said, did they pay? She was like, no. I said, I got it. She was like, okay, cool. Pay for it. I went. I told them. They were like, yeah. This is also a down payment on my coochie coupon. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like, it's not, it's not uncommon for me. Like, that's just kind of who I am. Like, the good times are rolling. You know, I got it. My wife is out here with her friends. I got it. I was thinking in a different context. I thought you were like being a black man in like a non-black situation. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, that. Nah. I mean, that happens all the time. I'm yeah. This was like some other failings of black men in present. And I was like... I asked my man like three times. I was like, so you just paying for you? <laughs> he was like, yeah. I'm like, so the lady that came with you, you're not going to pay for her? <laughs> and he was like, nah. The best part was that he said, nah, they got it. I'm like, the other women got your girl? <laughs> Like, this is insane. Like, I don't even understand what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Was, and then, then my man hit me with the Amex heavy silverweight oh, three pound wow. car. I was like, that's wow. My, that's my dad's you know, her, car. Her tab is like $40, bro. Like, really? I was just like, wow. all right. Push it to the limit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to get started. Uh, we're going to get into our shortcuts. This is our news and views, our conversations about things that are going on that maybe you haven't had an opportunity to really get into or seen on mainstream media. So as it gets deeper into political season, you get all these surrogates. That's what they're called. You get surrogates who fly around and they do stump speeches for candidates. And they trot out former presidents. They trotted out Obama. They be trotting out Bill Clinton sometimes. And these people go, and I'm just kind of like, does that really move the needle? Like, I, I'd be wondering who... Would that, it would, Obama, if I wasn't already voting, if I wasn't already someone who was going to vote, mm. would Obama be the person to like switch me from yay to nay? Like, mm. I feel like those people are all, if you go to a rally to hear President Obama or a former president speak on behalf of a, uh, of a candidate, I feel like you kind of already was voting. Like, so my question is, whose political endorsement like would actually move the needle for you? Would make you say, I don't know if I was going to participate, but this person, because we get it from we get it from entertainers, mm -hmm. we get it from athletes, we get it from former elected officials. Who would be the one to actually change the you know conversation for you? I think Obama was it for me. I'm gonna keep it a buck with you. Like I loved Obama. 
I, mm-hmm. I love Obama. I love me some Obama. You was the one in the folks, crowd yelling, you fired him, you fired him <laughs> up! Fired him up. <laughs> that was you? That was me. No, okay. real talk, I, and you know, he does it for me. You know, he reminds me of my responsibility. I know a lot of folks got a, a lot of black people mm-hmm. got a lot of opinions about him, but I really feel like he did the best job he could do for us mm-hmm. at our time. And I feel like there's a lot of people that get behind him, that will see him and say, you know what? I need to remember and do what I need to do and participate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was interesting. Oprah came out in favor of Dr. Oz's appoint, uh, opponent. And they, and, and they were talking in, in, in the Senate race in PA. And what and, uh, Fetterman. And what I mm-hmm. thought was interesting about that was they estimated that Oprah uh, perhaps may have influenced up to a million voters mm. in the last presidential cycle. That's right. crazy. I thought that was wild. What, who would move mm. the needle for you? Like, what would it take? I don't know if it's a particular person, but it would be a particular person within a certain context. If you're, and these people still exist, if you've never voted before, and then you were like, no, I'm voting this year because I'm behind this person, mm. that would make me go, all right, let me look more into this person. Because if you chose to neglect this right for this long, and this person got you out of it, because mm-hmm. I feel like there had to have been candidates before that would have moved you to do it, and they didn't, I think it would be that person, whoever that is. So it wouldn't be like a name, but Interesting. Who, whoever's never voted before, it would be that person. So somebody who was offering something that made people do something new. Yeah. That was what, the, that, yeah. that, that's an interesting take. I appreciate that. Um, I always wonder like the effectiveness of who it is they decide to bring out. That's always an interesting thing. To me. I mean, but you know, celebrity endorsements have always been powerful. We sell millions of dollars worth of products yeah. behind mm-hmm. people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That level of influence. You know, I mean, very often we we forget what it is to be like a fan of something or mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you have that in your pocket and then now this person is holding agency in a space, your influence. You know, her yeah. best bookseller, the, yeah. the top books you need to read, whatever what's the best buy for Oprah's pick this month. You know, folks is really moving the needle behind that stuff. I you think know my, what I'm saying? I, I think my perspective is a little jaded only because I always feel like I'm always, uh, it, it, I, I can be a little cynical about this. I'm always like, how did this happen? How did this conversation come <laughs> right. about? What was that? What was, what was the courting process like? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the, the, the unspoken agreement? That's my thing. Mm. You know what it is. I, I, right, because I know what it is. Right. Which is why it's hard for me not to be a little cynical. I got you. About it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, there's a whole lot of movement behind the scenes. I got that you. We yeah. see it. But nevertheless, it's just an interesting question. I had another thought. I'll be having mad confessionals with y'all when we run the triangle offense. Um, I realized there was a list of black movies that like a lot of them like I ain't seen. And so I'm gonna I'm going to, in the spirit of transparency, because I use this as my couch confessional when it comes to y'all two. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. This is not a space of judgment. I gotta say this up. Oh, front. I was about to tell you, this you is... about to be judged like shit right now. <laughs> this is not a space of judgment. No, you getting judged. This is only judgment free zone. Go, it's a judgment free zone. Go. Because guess what? You're gonna be on the hot seat too. Okay. I will, I'm going to acknowledge something that might get my black card taken in each of you. I'm gonna ask so that we stand in solidarity with one another mm-hmm. in our blackness. Okay. For something that might get your black card taken. All right. Five Heartbeats. I've never seen the movie all the way through. I've, I've seen different parts of it. I know the premise. I know the lines. 
Look, all right. I'm texting the Black Car Association. My, right <laughs> my <laughs> office hours. Is, is this? My <laughs> office hours are from nine to five. I get it. I I get the general premise. Nights like this, I wish raindrop. We've all no, every we've night. Known. I got to fight to prove my, my love. love. <laughs> right. We know the story. The girl with the thing and the thing is she's in the theater. It's like one of my favorite gifts. Right. I've seen the movie, mm -hmm. just never once all the way through. Okay. And I don't really care to necessarily. That's my one. That and Dead Presidents. I, I never saw Dead Presidents all the way through. Never saw it all the way through. I get the premise. Ladies and gentlemen, this will be my last time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gotta have one. What is your what is yours? Y'all I can't be the only one. Y'all gotta have one. What's yours? Uh mine is it is a black cult classic, but not on the level of the five heartbeats. I mean, it don't gotta be a movie. Yeah. It could be a, a practice. Like some people don't know how to play spades. Like, you know, whatever. Uh no, I, I, for me, I'm going to stick with movies. Okay. I've never seen Jason's lyric in its entirety. Motherfuckers is gasping in the audience. Yeah. And we don't even got an audience. That's <laughs> terrible. Crazy. I've never seen this in entirety. I've seen bits and pieces. I've never seen this in entirety. Bokeem Woodbine looks upon you with shame. <laughs> That's terrible. G, what's your go? I can't fry chicken. Really? I can't. Black woman can't fry Black chicken? Can't fry chicken. Wait till I, I tell... Wait I, till I, I tell cook. Kurt about this. I cook, for real, for real. I cook, and I feed a lot of black men. But I, I'm Haitian, though. But you know what? The one disclaimer... I was about to say, yeah. Is, I really personally don't think any Haitian can fry chicken, except for Rachel, <laughs> wherever you at. I know you be cooking. <laughs> you be cooking. And Isaiah fried some chicken, my son, and he called me. He was like, just tell me the truth. I know Troy not really my daddy, because my daddy got to be from the South. <laughs> <laughs> and because he, he murked it. But I really can't fry chicken because we boil everything. Mm, and I feel yeah. compelled to want to flash that chicken, you know what I'm saying, yeah. with some heat before I fry it. But you're not supposed to do that. Nah. And it just be real dry. Now, you, now I get it, you Haitian. Eh? Stay in your lane. You yeah. wait, don't fry I, it. Wait till I tell Curtis about this. <laughs> He's going to have a field day about this. Curtis loves my turkey wings, though. Oh, well, I mean, that, that makes up for I mean, you know, listen, I, I feel like. We need to be authentic in these spaces right. about, yeah. you know, our experiences yeah. or lack thereof. I'm not watching the five part beats all the way through, y'all. So don't think that you're gonna when guilt you me into. We coming by blue because we about to have a black movie night. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but I can give you every word from the Last Dragon, literally from start to finish. Okay. So okay. Every yes, yes, word. You can. Yes. You yes, already know this. I know this. Yes. yes. So there's that. Mm -hmm. um, another sort of in the in the vein. I, I wanted to keep this fun. Um, we we actually was you know during our mic check for people who don't know we were uh, spitting hip hop verses and you know people like normally people are like microphone check hello one two one two we actually at the Charles Phone podcast we be spitting verses life or death karaoke mm -hmm. meaning like I'm not even gonna do it to you your firstborn's life is dependent <laughs> on it and you got to get every word right. What's your go-to? Life or death karaoke? That's easy. My life or death karaoke is going to be music so child. I knew it was going to be music so child. I knew it was going to be music. I knew uh, I'm going to rock that. I knew all it was going to be music so child. Yeah. Get it, riffs, anything. I might not sound like him, but, but I, I got it. I I, I, knew, I actually knew that one. I, I, I knew that one with G. Life and death karaoke. Like, it's, 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 it's Miss DJ CEO. Her life is on the line. You got to get this right. Miss DJ CEO has been taken by some Christmas terrorists <laughs> and they're going to do bad things to her if you don't get uh, the life of death karaoke right. What's your one song that you chose? Um, probably Juicy. 
Okay, I mean Brooklyn boy. Yeah, by Juicy. One yeah. block away. Yeah. So you got to get that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's pretty safe. Wasn't yeah. it embarrassing when? Remember the the making the band when they didn't know it when they didn't know the show. Was it making the band? It was making the band. They had to recite Juicy and they didn't know it. Okay, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. Wasn't that embarrassing? It's one of like as far as for somebody who is a lyricist of the level that Biggie was, it's one of the like least like complicated, complicated rhymes yeah, he's right. ever done. Yeah. yeah, it's not as complicated. It's it's a lot of good wordplay. Yeah, you know, birthdays was the worst day. You know, yeah. but in terms of like some of the other stuff he's done. Yeah, right. Yeah, you his, know, what his saying? melody, his bounce was super simple. It was just, very yeah. very easy. A nice introduction. Yeah. So it's like. How you get that wrong? Yeah. All right, that, that's fair. That's fair. Well, that's going to do it for Shortcuts, and we're going to move on to a contributor segment. We got my man CEO in the building. And so today we've got style and performance and giving Mr. DJ CEO an opportunity to wax poetic. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about club and lounge etiquette as a consumer. Mm. You show up to this space. There's etiquette that you need to be aware of, that you need to practice. Yo, 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 can you play that new Jack Harlow? <laughs> Kick rocks, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, so, I mean, that is- That first class, Joy, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I know, like, as a DJ, y'all might assume that I'm going straight to requests, and those who know me know I do not fucking do requests. Don't ask me for shit. When you came in, they didn't ask, they didn't give you, like, a request ticket. Nobody asked you for your suggestions, all right? So, fuck off. That's it. But I'm just saying more get so... Get off your chest. <laughs> but I'm saying more so, like, in how we interact. I think social media um, has played a part in degrading how humans interact, right? So it's like people now, and I because I'm in the DJ booth, I have a bird's eye view of all of this. Excuse me. People go out into social communal areas but want to be by themselves. Yeah. That's some weirdo shit. Like... You go out and it's like, I ah, don't talk to me. I'm over here with my friends. Like you yeah. came here. Like if you just wanted to hang out with your friends, you could have just stayed home. I could have bought a bottle from the liquor store, put on a mix and had a good time. So the etiquette to me is that if you show up in a communal place, be ready to socialize, right? I'm not saying you got to exchange numbers. I ain't saying you got to take anybody home, but interact. So, so people like people are showing up to venues and wanting to stay to themselves. And I think that's just super weird. Like why would you show up to a social gathering and they want to be by yourself i mean a lot of it stems from the introduction of table services i think bottle service kind of helped kill that but i think also social media killed that too because now people are only comfortable with engaging virtually mm. right and you know I, i'm very much focused on doing my part as a dj and even a curator of experiences is that when you show up like you need to be open to engaging with everyone that's around you so let me ask you this, because you know when you're in a when you're in a party and you're DJing a set, mm -hmm. and someone is filming you, and they're filming you because you're you're killing your set. Are you honestly going to say that you would rather them just be in the moment and dance with each other? Yes, I think that's I think that's weird too. I think in like in EDM spaces, that's very common. Like yeah. they don't dance; they watch this person. It's a performance, but you're performing too, though. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm going to say because I don't care. EDM DJs don't DJ. They show up with pre-made mixes, first off. So okay. that's a whole different thing, which makes it even weirder. <laughs> which makes it even weirder that they would show up to watch this person pantomime DJ. <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> but in general, yes. No, I don't, I don't want people watching me. Like, I want to be a part of the experience, but I don't want to be the focus of the experience. 
I want how I play this music, the music that I play, to move you, to invigorate you, to dance and get lost in the music. I see it all the time. People like just watching or have pictures. I've had people come and like stand by the DD booth and just watch. I'm like, this is weird. Like, you're not asking questions. You don't want to, you know, <laughs> like you're just standing. Like, please go and enjoy yourself. Get lost in the music. Dance with somebody that you came with or somebody that you never met. Get lost because what happens is as a DJ, I understand like people are coming in. You said beat it. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, but people are coming in with all sorts of different energies. I always say that somebody came in, they got a job promotion and they want to celebrate. Somebody came in and, and lost their job and they just trying to like forget. Mm. Somebody got engaged, somebody got in divorce, somebody lost a love. Like all these different energies. Like you should be able to come and get lost in the music. Like watching me, it's not, unless you're an inspiring DJ, like why are you watching me? Like, my skill set is in how the music I play and the way I play it affects your mood. You're never going to understand what I'm doing here because you're not having a conversation with me. Gotcha. So don't watch me. And don't watch this, me, watch TV. Right, so all of this is part of the etiquette to me. I want people to get back to getting lost in the music and communicating with the people around here. That's it. I mean, I think that we, we have to kind of like re-engage what are social norms now all together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you know that that is commonplace. I see it all at, at the lounge. If folks come in, they're on their phones, and they're immersed, and they're in a room full of people, and they're just like not engaged. And it's it's normal now. It, they don't. The world isn't looking at them as weirdos. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. If, if anything, or it gets even better where it's a group of people, and the entire time they're sharing videos with each other. Like, yo, look at this. Yo, look at this. You know what I'm saying? It's just I don't know. It's a way. I think that we we do still need to like remind ourselves to communicate mm -hmm. and talk to people, touch people. Mm -hmm. Like I had a thing, you know, where especially during the pandemic, where I would just touch a shoulder, just mm -hmm. make some kind of physical contact with folks because a lot of times you don't know when the last time a person been touched. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't want to be known as a toucher. Jeez. <laughs> theme around remember we had the conversation about, about the touching. <laughs> just take it easy. But I'm just saying, but the reality is, is Touch. that- don't get fucked. We get, <laughs> don't, I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, you can't have it both ways. You can't not want them to be not in their phone and not want to touch them. You got to touch them. I, I feel you. you touching them through the music. Gee, I, I agree with right you. Now I'm right now, I'm streaming this conversation in my head, and I cannot stop laughing <laughs> because GSB don't is the toucher, but no. I, I, I want to, you know, to sum this up though, I, I, I actually do agree. The reset needs to occur on how it is that we actually interact with each other socially right. in social spaces. It's a, it's a big deal. And I mm -hmm. think the way that it messes with environments that are literally supposed to be social mm -hmm. is probably the strongest evidence that it needs to happen. Like I, I it, for the life of me, I can't understand why you would go somewhere that's a social environment with your people and then only socialize with, with your, your people, people or yeah. barely socialize with them. Right. And then when somebody tries to engage you, you're like, oh, nah, I'm here dancing with my girls. And then you get mad at the end of the night when you ain't meet nobody. What <laughs> right. are you talking about? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't not, work that way. The math does not math. And no. so you, you're going to be our resident expert in telling us what to do and not to do. Oh, in I, these got, I got a lot more. I just wanted to focus <laughs> on that. I got a lot more. Oh, and we will get to <laughs> a lot more. That's going to do it today for Style of Performance with DJ CEO, our contributor segment. Here before this camera and before these microphones are three 
different entrepreneurs. And so today's conversation is, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman. Um, each of us has come to the space of being our own boss through a very different context and a very different lens. And so I wanted to really just open up the floor and have a conversation about like, what was your journey to entrepreneurship? Like, when did you know I had to move from it being a side hustle to the main hustle? Like it just got to that point. I'm in my passion. I'm doing what I got to do. And, and, and what would the advice be to someone who wants to get in that game now, who's teetering, wants to make the jump, not sure, like, you know, walk, walk, walk me through that. Because I know my own journey, and I'll get to that in, in, in a minute, but I wanted to hear you guys' perspective because it comes from different ways. You know, you provide a service, CEO, right? And then you provide goods out of a brick and mortar. Very different considerations. So just opening it up. Ladies first. So, um, yeah, you know, converting your passion into a business, but more, more importantly, understanding that the talent that you have is a business. Because not everybody's talent you can actually monetize. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you want to do something that you love so it doesn't really feel like work, um, but really having that business acumen to convert and go from that space um, and then leaving industry to now create your own economy is, is a shift, is a major shift because you don't realize how much security comes in your job yeah. mm. until you're not at your job and you now have to create. Health insurance. Right. Exactly. Just one. Just one. Or that you check know. coming every right. week. That exactly. stability of life. Yeah. When yeah, you go from that to you kill what you eat, right. you yeah. eat what you kill. It's very a very different, different world. It's a very different world. So um, I think, you know, I, was, I had the opportunity to, to really kind of like build a business model and see and know that it was going to be successful and just kind of really step out on water because I wasn't 100% in my mind. I believed and mm. understood. I did the due diligence, mm. but it wasn't until I did it that I really was able to really see it. And that's, that's the real, that space of thinking and planning and then actually doing like that jump it's small but very. it's very big yeah. you know what i'm saying and yeah. i think that you have to be willing and committed to the idea of working your job while building your business and the last thing is you might need to take a pay cut mm. that's real is it is, is your what, passion are you your, willing to take right, a pay cut for you your love passion love what you want to do enough yeah. To make less money. I, I remember when I made the shift, I left my last job that was a, a, a government job. And right after I left, the pandemic smacked, right? And I just had stepped into the space full time and it was a lot of turmoil right. in terms of my professional life and what was going on. But every time that I thought about damn, would I prefer that steady check every two weeks? And I thought about the level of independence and freedom that I had and the fact that I was still building something in my passion. I was like, nah, brethren, I'm good where right. I'm at. Mm -hmm. And that was enough motivation for me. What about you, CEO? Okay, so for me, I definitely don't feel like I became a, a true entrepreneur until 2020 when I started my clothing brand. Oh, wow. As a DJ, I don't, can, even though I've been doing that full time since about 2006, I don't look at it as entrepreneurship in the sense that there's only one thing I need to do, and that's just show up, right? It's I've, I put in enough work since 1996 that the calls are coming in. So it's not really a management of a business per se, right? It's a service that I'm providing. When I started my clothing brand is when I really 
came to an understanding of true entrepreneurship and like doing a bunch of stuff, like like G said, like 8,000 things to make this work. Mm. As a DJ, it's talking to the management of a venue or they're reaching out, negotiating rate, boom, that's it, I show up. Like as a DJ, I could do that shit in my sleep, that's nothing. As a, having a fashion brand, being the designer, being the owner, being responsible for marketing, because I don't have the expendable budget to hire a bunch of people to do this stuff. That's when I really got into the space of entrepreneurship. Um, so I have a, it's, it's, it's different. My DJing has been funding me for years. Mm. So I never technically quit my, my day job, even though DJing is not work for me. I never quit my day job, right? That's always been there to hold me down. Now this space as a, as a fashion designer, and having a fashion brand, that's my intro into it. So, but also to your point, and I can kind of take this back to DJing, I think it's a good idea And what G said is like, keep your day job while working on your business. Mm -hmm. I was young enough to be naive to not do that. My background is in television and film. I worked at- I remember. Right, yeah. there's many networks yeah, you can right. think about. At the time I was at BET, um, and TV was kind of taking a shift into a place I really didn't like. I had my own production company at the time. Round seven. Round seven. Yes, sir. And then, I've been there, brother. I know. I know. I know, I know. <laughs> and then um, I got an opportunity to be a featured DJ in Rap City. I remember that. And I was young enough to <laughs> Hold believe. on. Let me tell you how, how far we go back. This man got an opportunity to do the DJ on Rap City. This man, when I'm going to find a clip for the Yo, watch and see for the video when it streams. I'm going to find a clip. It was Joel Santana, was it not? Yes, it was. It was Joel Santana on Rap City. My man Well was outside. Money had on a vest, no jacket, a tie, and a shirt with cufflinks. It was just there yeah, um, doing this thing. I was so proud of him that day. I was like, my nigga, a real DJ. My nigga is a real DJ. I remember that. I've been outside with you for a very for long a time. Very long time. And you, and you put a lot of money in my pocket, so I appreciate you for that. Shout, shout to the brothers of Omega Sapphire. They, yes, they, yeah, they pay well. Yes. Um, but um, I was foolish enough, foolish enough to think that that appearance meant it was I was on. <laughs> and I shit you not, I did. Rap you ain't watch Rap City, baby. <laughs> I did right. Rap City. I was like, yo, I'm out of here, yo. I'm not, I'm not doing this TV shit no more. Y'all can keep this right. job. I was young and dumb, and I did that shit, and I found out the hallway. Mm. Nah, that's not how that shit works. <laughs> And so, you know, I, I do stand, even though it allowed me to learn a lot about my business um, and I had to learn fast, excuse me, but I don't um, suggest anybody do that. What you said, G, is right. Keep your day job and figure out a way to manage building your business until it's sufficient enough for you to leave. <clears throat> biggest lesson, one sentence, biggest lesson that being an entrepreneur has taught you about yourself. Your first business failing doesn't mean you can't be an entrepreneur. Mm, that's a very important one for people to know. Because you could lose and start over, but you got to know to take the lessons from the loss to build on the next. And like a lot of people take L's. A lot of people take A lot of entrepreneurs have failed. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, Blue Smoke is really honestly my fourth business. Mm. I had a lot of other ones sink that didn't work, you know what I'm saying? In various industries and, but not quitting and still believing in myself and just kind of like finding that right fit, you know, taking all those lessons from the failures and adding it to where I'm at now. And it's, you know, 10 years and counting. Biggest lesson entrepreneurship has taught you? That if you do not love 
what you do and are not willing to do any and everything possible to succeed, then entrepreneurship is not for you. Mm. It's important. I think for me, you know, being probably the newest entrepreneur of the three of us, I have just really understood the importance of delving into your passion and being like attuned to your purpose as well, right? Like, mm. so if you can align your work with your passion and your mm. purpose, mm. yes, everything else falls into place yep. and it feels a lot easier. Right. Agreed. It just begin like, it's not to say that there's not challenges. It's okay. not to say that they're not, but you just look at it very, very differently. And so I think for anybody who's thinking about entrepreneurship, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you think about it in terms of money. Mm. I think you would start thinking about it in terms of purpose right. and in terms of passion. Because if you can align those two, those two things with your work and figure out how to make those things synergize with one another, the money will come. And if it doesn't, you will still feel fulfilled. Right. Yep. And that's the biggest thing that people got to remember. Yep. That's going to do it for our main conversation for today on the Charles Coleman Podcast. But it does not do it for the episode. We have coming up Rules of Engagement, everybody's favorite segment on love, sex, and relationships. It's a good one. We got the dream team. Stick around. But before you do, make sure you are liking, subscribing, sharing, and streaming the Charles Coleman Podcast, your new home for Black Brothers, wherever podcasts are heard. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube that you've liked, you've registered, you subscribed, and you're sharing it with your peoples. This is your new favorite podcast. Come get with us. We, ups- we outside. We in hyperspace. This is what it is. This is Rules of Engagement, our conversation about love, sex, and relationships. Before we get started, make sure you hit that like button, hit that share button, hit that subscribe button at the bottom of the screen if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're watching us or listening to us anywhere you are streaming podcasts, whether that's iTunes, whether that's Google Music, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Pandora, all of the above, we're all everywhere like air. So make sure you are downloading and sharing it because we're everywhere your podcasts are heard. Gonna welcome back two of my dream team contributors. I've got Cashmere Kurt in the building with me. How you doing, brother? I'm well in yourself, sir. Is your, is, I'm, I'm well, man. Is your beverage beveraging? It's beveraging. All right, all right. And of course, the professional winner. Yes. Gloria Shiruba, how you doing? I'm wonderful, I'm it's, wonderful. It's how you nice. feeling? I'm good, man. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like, you know, for those of you who are streaming and not watching, you can't see, you are doing yourself a disservice. Like, like seriously, if you miss, the visuals on rules of engagement, you are doing yourself a disservice because when you when I when you talk about like good looking black people, black people in, it is <laughs> it's a whole in. thing. Like the fashions be fashioning on rules of engagement to a whole nother level. And I'm feeling like luxury. Yeah, you're looking like luxury. I see you. As you should, black man. You know what I'm saying, King? <laughs> know your worth, champ. Know your worth. So that leads us right into today's conversation. I want to talk about Shopping at your price level. Mm. Shopping at your price level. Because a lot of people get offended when someone says in the abstract, you know what, they might be out of your league or they might be a little bit out of your price level. Right. But the truth is when you are dating with intention or you like really like dating with intention, you should understand that like some stuff not in the budget. Like I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you right now. I'm not even going to front. That's a budget. That's a budget. That, that, so you're being, you're telling the truth. Have you understand that. Together. Have your coins together. And I don't necessarily think that it's about coins. It can be. It might be. 
But what I'm saying is different people at different levels, different right. price tags, they require different things. Like if your budget, if you got a Civic or a Camry budget, I'm not even shitting on nobody. Like real talk. Like if that's your budget, don't go out and try to get that S550 because it's, you're only going to hurt yourself. Right. You might be able to get in it for like, you know how people with bad credit, for example, like they go to the <laughs> lot, you know what I'm saying? They go to the lot. And we approve everybody. Right. Anybody <laughs> could drive. And then you get that that first note and it's twelve hundred dollars a month. A like, week. <laughs> a week. Kurt, how do you how, when you know say what advice do you give or or how do you sort of navigate the conversation of like shopping at your price range? From uh, advice or my personal? Both. Uh from an advice thing, I would tell you don't play yourself, stay in your lane. You know, I don't want to know your money situation, right? That's that's your private to you. But you you do know your fiscal fortitude and where it's lacking thereof, right? So don't blame yourself. Now if you see something that someone else that you 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 cool with or something like that and how they rolling and you feel because I'm cool with him, we both should have that, I think that's when you start playing yourself. If I'm looking at a certain type of woman and I'm just sort of paying attention to how she moves and you know, what she's accustomed to. I'm not even speaking about material things per se. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's one of those things that you have to understand. If she's accustomed to trips or a certain level of attention, or if she is like super active on social media and she's posting everything about her space, is that in your budget? Like, that's my thing is like, is that in your budget? Are you, are you prepared to accommodate that? Right. Because it's unfair, in my opinion, to step to her and then be like, say, baby, um, I like what you got going on, but I don't really do X, Y, Z. That's the price range she at. Right. Have you ever found a dude that you felt like was just out of your price range? I mean, not out of my price range in the sense that he was above me, maybe beneath me. Oh, but... okay. Okay. So he was out of it in, the, in reverse. Right. In reverse. But... um. I think that opposites attract sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And you might be into that grunge or space mm. that's not necessarily where you exist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's it's interesting and dynamic and just Does that last? It's fun though. It's dark. I mean, that's just and fun. It's it's exciting. You know what I'm saying? It's new and just like not knowing what to expect. You know what I'm saying? And I think that I think that's what kind of creates that little bit of space, you know? Mm. The, the the opposite. What you think about that? I don't know. I think for men, it's a little more risky than it is for women. In what way? In taking the chance of dating something that's not on your level, right? So the pressures of being a man, period, is a lot different from the pressures of being a lady, right? Well, yeah, that goes both ways. But, like, how does that translate here? In the respect of dating outside of... Yeah, it's a dating outside your lane. Again, you're dating, if you're downgrading, it's just that. You know, the, the the experiences, everything is just going to be on, on a lower tier. It's not going to be entertaining after a while. So how do you, how do you, for you, right? What are the factors you look at in trying to assess whether a potential partner is in your price range? I try to go above my price range. So that way, you know, you shoot for the moon. If you miss, you land amongst the stars. Kind of a mindset. <laughs> you, know, so. you just go high. That's it. Aim high. Neil Long, what up? <laughs> not near long. She's hurt right now. Oh, yo, discount prices. <laughs> yo, yo. Pain counseling. Sup? I'm not mad at that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad at that. I, you know, there have been 
for me, there have been spaces that I'm in. You know, sometimes like, and you can appreciate this, G, because you've been in the industry, right? When you're in industry spaces, I think the one thing that I have to cop to mm-hmm. is I make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Like I make a lot of assumptions. Right. I'm not even gonna lie about that. It's not judgy, but it is like if I'm at an industry party or a party around a lot of entertainers, I might see a woman and be like, she is amazing, but she looks really expensive. Right. Like she looks really expensive. And she could be end up she could end up being the coolest. Like I'm not even worried about you that. You know, the I'm crazy thing space. about it is that I don't know that I mean, look. Like if I go oh, hold on, if I go to the Barclays. And you sitting with your feet on the same floor as Kevin Durant, I'm good. Right. I'm good. Like I, I'm just gonna assume like something about that situation is out of my price range. Right. Or more maybe I got it, but I ain't willing to pay it. In terms of what it takes to I'm not buying that Benz if I can't maintain but then that's it. That's what I'm saying. But then then you, what you're trying to do is discredit the whole fronting. What you mean? Like that's the joy of fronting. That's the joke. One thing doesn't work, guys. We don't believe it. Are we see insane? right through it. You do not. Oh, where? You're wilding. You see through it where? In, in first class? When, when you don't, don't deliver to... on that bag. My mama what told bag? me straight up and down, look, you want to see where you at? Ask him for something big. He can't deliver. Bye-bye. Wow. That's it. Wow. This how we going to keep it 100. That's it. Prostitution. I need to know what it is. At its wow. best. Oh, at man. its motherfucking best. That's it. They gotta listen. We so, don't have hey, time for this. So blow the love of man. That's it. So okay. So let's compare these ideologies. Real <laughs> Same ideology. You ask for something big because you testing it. You front. Do you provide it? What do you do? Provide what? What her ask? What she asked? What's the reward? Oh, you know the reward. You know big. the reward. Oh, then she gets it. She get. I how, get it. How long? That's you, it. How long do you keep that front up? Because you. Because remember, you're paying. You're playing outside of your league. You ain't got the bread like that. Ah, you so you you're gonna get bled dry nah, at some point. You, see, no, no, no. That's when it's you, been all the credit yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But see, but see, y'all, y'all are miscon- y'all misunderstand what I'm saying. If you're fronting, fronting is a lifestyle. Fronting is a, <laughs> a thing. You gotta commit. Yeah, fronting is a thing. So even when you hit your, your proverbial wall, you gotta front <laughs> on that too. <laughs> fronting is everything. <laughs> everything about there is no. That's when you fronting. go ghost. That's, That's when you it. go ghost. No, my, my, my factory and That's China. it. I'm locked up. Nah. I'll see you in three years. Like I'm locked up. You prison. gonna hold me down, Ma? 36 months, I'll be home. <laughs> we back to Dubai when I pop back up. It's light. I'm dying. <laughs> really? We fronting. That's why nah, you can't come to the crib. I'm getting renovations. My mom is home this week. We fronting. Wow. The end. The, so the, you think the, you can see through it? The lies don't stop. You brother. think you can see through you it? You gotta see through you it. You cannot while, stop it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. Look, at the end of the while, it, it shows up void. If you see through so, it, you a dude. That's it. You, <laughs> women don't see have through it. Have you ever got somebody with it? What, fronting? Yeah. I try not to front. Have you ever seen somebody get what's the what's the worst you've seen somebody get got with it? A whole lifestyle is crushed. I've seen a whole lifestyle get crushed. Thinking like the they, car, on, on the crib. Cars is gone, six months behind on both Range Rovers. Wow. The crib that you thought he bought in Atlanta was rented and 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 he wasn't paying no rent because down there That's some real Atlanta shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I've seen I've seen some some real horrible stories, man. Just to get outside your price. Just to scoop that joint at the wow. end of the day. That's ugly. But you think you could spot it? I, we definitely spot that. You got this. It's just this. There's always remnants just left. That's just like they're not adding up. They're not adding What's up. What's the big ass? Let me get that. What's the mm. big ass? It depends. It depends. You know what I'm saying? It could be something. You know, a bag, a bag bag. Like a, like a, and like, you ain't got Canal Street, me nigga. I need authentic <laughs> receipts. 
Nah, I got the plug overseas. <laughs> I got the overseas plug. <laughs> well, you got the plug on the Charles Coleman podcast. Let us know what you think. Leave a comment in the comments. Let us know you agree, you disagree. What do you think? Make sure you like and share. That's going to bring us to the end of another episode. This has been Rules of Engagement on your new favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman podcast. This is the new home of Black Brilliance, where Black Brilliance lives. Peace. Thank you.